Greetings, magnificent souls, to the Lily Bewley podcast, where we have open and honest discussions about ourselves. This is your host, Lily Bewley, and I'm honored to have conversations here with thought leaders, visionaries, healers, and even solo conversations with myself about things I am currently reflecting on. This is a place where we break down, break away, and break through our emotional trauma, allowing ourselves to be healthy, be happy, and live a peaceful life. We are tired of being sick and tired. We are tired, but we are not giving up. We know that there is something magnificent inside of us. And because we are fighting daily, hourly, and by the minute, fighting ourselves, our kids, our spouses, we have to do things differently. We have to break the cycle. We don't have a million chances. We have to be happy now. We have to find a way. So how do we do that? How is that possible? If you look around at what society is telling you, they tell you that what we're doing is impossible. Yet it's happening every single day. And it's happening through the practice and the love that we call awakening the magnificent soul. We are all magnificent souls. And these are our stories of healing. Today in episode 114, I welcome Susan Hyatt to the show to talk about pleasure, fulfillment, and the summer of yes. Don't forget to let me know your thoughts about this episode or anything you would like me to cover on future podcasts at epiphanyvault.com. Remember, it is a safe place and I would welcome the discussion. Also a request, if you are enjoying the show, please rate and share and review so we can get the word out to more and more souls who want to heal. My guest today, Susan Hyatt, has 15 years of experience as a master certified life and business coach, helping thousands of women get more of what they want. She has been a feature on national TV and in magazines like Oh, the Oprah Magazine, Cosmopolitan, 17 and Women's World and was a finalist for the Athena Award, which recognizes leadership in the field of women's empowerment and entrepreneurship. Susan wrote the best-selling book, Bear, that has inspired women all over the world to stop shrinking their bodies and start expanding their lives. Please enjoy this conversation with Susan Hyatt. Susan, my friend, I'm so excited to have this conversation. I'm more excited because I really don't know where this is going to go. And I know it's going to be dope. It's going to be so good. I mean, it's a spirit of adventure all the time up in here. So that's true. <laughs> I'm excited to be here, Lily. True. Like talk about the spirit of adventure. You're working on um, a lot of things. I see you and correct me if this category categorization is wrong, but I see you as this multi-passionate, successful lit up by life woman, you, I see things you're doing in business. You have a book called bear coming out or out already, excuse me. Um, you talk a lot about weight loss and body image and authenticity. There's just so much good stuff that you do true or not. Do you feel that way or no? Yeah, I do feel that way. Thank you for seeing me. Um, I, I absolutely am multi-passionate. I have been a life coach now for 15 years and over that 15 year career, I have, um, created so many different offers and streams of income, mm -hmm. um, that reflect that philosophy, which is, um, that, you know, I don't, I'm someone who likes to say the more fun I have, the more money I make. Mm -hmm. And I have brought that into being. It certainly wasn't the case before. 
Um, and I love being a life coach. I love training coaches and I love helping people get whatever they want. Um, but not at the cost of having an amazing, satisfying, passionate life. Yes. And so if, if the cost of what you want, um, is that you're bored in your life or you're miserable in your life or your cortisol levels are spiked, like we got to figure something else out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's so much, even in that, there's so much there. Um, I think that, you know, what is it about women and not being able to get more of what we want? Because that is a big thing for me and something that I've grown to learn too. I just started my practice two years ago mm-hmm. and I continually come upon these women who, and I was one of them who checked off all the boxes, you know, like went to school, went down this path, got the masters, all of the things. And still, you know, it took me to a very dark place and all of my listeners know about this, but it took me to a very dark place in my life where I don't want to be here anymore. Cause I had done everything that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, there's a lot there, but I love personally how you embrace that part of the feminine, like that part of the, the, the being in flow with what's up for you now and just owning it and all that stuff. Cause it's very different than what we have been taught. Would you agree? <laughs> I all of the agree. things <laughs> I would agree with what you said. And, and thank you for sharing that with me. I definitely, in my history of trauma and survival have been there mm-hmm. as well. And, and very similarly, I was someone who was like, what the hell? Like I, I went to college, I got the degree, I married the guy, I had these cute kids. Um, I'm making all this money in my former, um, career and why, when I should feel more satisfied, content, peaceful, like why, why am, why is this not it? Cause it wasn't it. Mm -hmm. And I think for women, what happens is that we buy into the training that culture at large gives us, which is like, well, you should, it should be enough for you um, to be a mother, or it should be enough for you that your currency is how skinny you are. Mm -hmm. And it should be enough for you to like, not worry your pretty little head about world events and all these things. And what ends up happening as well as we take on this invisible workload where we are the keeper of all the things, the manager of all the things, like handling the emotional um, burden of the family and completely unaware that that's what we're doing, that we have this invisible backpack on that's Mm. an additional part-time job. And so what's fascinating to me is like when we start to wake up to that, it can unsettle people and ruffle people's feathers for a woman who, who starts to reclaim her time and reclaim her energy and say, you know what, I actually might have really different ideas about how my life should be structured or what actually nourishes me or fills me up. Yes. And, and like, I'm opting out of counting my macros and I'm opting out of pretending that I'm fulfilled by doing these preschool worksheets with my children. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to claim like what's real for me. Yes. Yes. Fulfillment. All of that. You know, that's what, yeah, like I said, that's definitely been my journey. And I think that's also things that I'm trying to, to, you know, I speak about dating and relationships, but it's the same idea where, um, where did this come from? Where it's like a, um, you know, an either or situation, whether like, what, why is it just 
um, got to do good in business, but then everything else sacrificed, like is sacrificed. Uh, yeah. It's sick, but like, you know, like not a good way, but like, you know, like, right. where is it that, that, you know, we, we have to sacrifice ourselves for our relationships and put our relation, you know, our, our children first or our men first and not us or what we want. And I think that that's this whole thing that's unraveling right now, because, um, you know, I think in some ways, like some women and even men, maybe, I don't know what your thoughts about this. It's like, well, we have come so far, right? There's been a lot of like, a lot of, of um, revolutionary things that have happened for women. But I think we're kind of at this precipice where it's like, how can we, I don't know, how can we be in a world maybe when we don't have to fight so much, but actually just be who we are and that be enough. I don't know. There's a lot there, a whole lot. Well, I mean, I think that, you know, yes, there have strides have been made, mm-hmm. um, but we're still, when you look at things, we still are, there's still a wage gap. There's still that's a confidence true. gap that's documented. There's still uh, a leisure gap that, um, you know, men enjoy five and a half hours more leisure time per week than their female counterparts, which is that invisible workload I was talking about. And so when you look at like, okay, we have less free time, we're paid less. It's documented because of culture at large that, uh, between the ages of eight and 13, a girl's confidence decreases 30%, Mm. um, compared to her male counterparts. It's like, well, we've made some strides and yet we haven't. And mm-hmm. there's so much more work to do. And I think that the more, I think the greatest act of rebellion a woman could do is to become a woman who's devoted to her own pleasure. Mm-hmm. And that's really what the bear book is about. Yeah. Well, let's talk. Yeah. Let's talk about the bear book. Um, tell me about this pleasure seeker. How did you come to this realization and, and how did you come to teach this? If you'd like to share. Well, what's, it's really sort of miraculous and fascinating to me because, you know, if you knew me back then, real estate Susan, uh, real estate agent Susan um, was swinging through the fast food drive through three times a day. She was like barking orders at her children. Um, you know, as she, like, I had this giant SUV with real estate signs rattling in the back and I would like throw them a happy meal and be like, be happy that you're (laughs) running errands with your mother. Um, and I was just the opposite of somebody who was devoted to her own pleasure. I was doing everything for everyone else Mm -hmm. and just on autopilot living on default mode. And, um, I really came to a breaking point where um, my mom came to visit and she made me promise it was over um, an Easter holiday weekend. And she said, I'm going to come to visit, but you have to promise you're not going to work because I was very tied into hustle culture and overworking at that time too. And, and I said, okay, you know, I promise. And then as luck would have it, some out of town customers decided because they had a holiday weekend as well, they would just pop into town and they wanted to put an offer in on a house, which Mm. was like the biggest sale of my career. And so I remember just feeling so torn and devastated. Like I wanted to go sign that contract and collect that commission check and also knew I would really be letting my mom down and I was exhausted. I didn't want to work on Easter Mm -hmm. and I went and I did it. And I came home and my mom was like, as only a Southern mama can do, it was like kind of a great smackdown, but she was just like, 
what has happened to you? Because this mm-hmm. is not my daughter. Like she was like, you've, you've lost yourself. So how about I keep the kids for a few days and you could do whatever you want. And in that moment I cracked because the only two things I could think of to do was either get caught up on the laundry or go grocery shopping by myself. Like mm-hmm. this is how pleasure starved of an individual that I was, <laughs> but it was in that moment that it was a wake up call for me that like, wow, I don't have any hobbies. I can't think of anything fun to do. Um, I'm a mess. And I, that really started me on this journey of figuring out how to get my life right in plain speak. And, um, it was through that work. I started devouring self-help books. I read this book called finding your own North star by Dr. Martha Beck who ultimately trained me as a life coach. But that book, honestly, I think it's one of the best self-help books ever written. Mm. Um, but I started, like, I would, I would get into the bubble bath and like weep into the pages of this book because I just would fill out the worksheets in the, in the book, but then like, wasn't sure how I would ever pull any of it off. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was through that is just admitting out loud what was working, what wasn't working. Um, I went back to therapy. I hired my own coach um, that I eventually started to figure out what I liked again and what what truly gave me joy as opposed to just like looked good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after I became a coach and started really looking at why was I overeating in the first place? You know, what, what was I attempting to numb out or cover up that I needed to deal with? And it was really through that journey that I started to really realize that the more pleasure I infused into my life, um, the better things got, you know, when you're an overworker, hustle culture, diet culture person, you, you tend to practice the opposite, right? You, you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I can't possibly let my guard down or relax or take a nap because then everything's going to fall apart. And so then I became, I doubled down on pleasure and started learning more about how the body is wired for pleasure from head to toe. And it's not a luxury to diversify your pleasure and make sure that you know, that you are, yes, physically intimate, but that you're um, surrounding yourself with beauty and that you have intellectual stimulation mm-hmm. and you're moving. And, and there's so many different ways to bring pleasure into your life every day. Um, and so I am someone who talks quite a bit about everything you think you're going to get out of a diet or hustle culture, you're actually going to achieve through pleasure. Mm. Um, and so I love that. I love being someone who gets to teach that to people. Wow. So, um, the book is, is a method that you established in through this time, correct? Mm -hmm. So is that kind of what you walk women through or people through, I guess, through that method of kind of unlayering those different aspects about, you know, what light, what used to light you up or actually can, you know, it can change. Is that kind of what it is? Absolutely. Yeah. So, so the bear process is, um, is about really evaluating what's coming at you through all of your senses. So 
Mm. Um, what are you watching, reading? What are you listening to? What kinds of conversations are you having? Um, not just what you're eating. And, and then creating space for yourself to make some changes, whether it's diversifying your pleasure, moving with love, eating with love, um, how you adorn your body, mm. um, creating boundaries and making a scene in your life. Um, and it's, it's a real reclamation. It's so good. I love making a scene. <laughs> yes, <laughs> a scene maker. I, yeah, well, and yeah, I, um, personally, what I've learned about, um, and I, you know, I, I was talking to a client about this yesterday, but what I've learned about make setting boundaries is if I don't feel like a bitch, it's not a hard enough boundary. And like, that's, <laughs> <laughs> and that's in like the most loving way to myself, like bitch as in like, no, I want it to feel like a bitch now because that is the way it's supposed to feel. But it's just, there's something in me that is just, you know, is always going to like, for lack of a better term, like fight me setting boundaries. And that's just that internal work that I've done, but I love the making a scene. Let's all go make a scene, Listen. but in the most loving way possible. <laughs> in the most loving way possible, but it's just kind of like, you know, how do you advocate for yourself internally and externally? And so, um, being willing to make a scene like that alone will change your life. And so yeah. I love, I love, uh, that little shorthand you have for yourself. Mm. Um, I have a friend who, um, who thinks of it similarly where she's like, if it's not like the devil wears Prada vibes, then I'm not asserting myself enough. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's, like, okay. it's like this um, queen energy that like people yeah. put out and you're like, Oh, yeah. You already know. Don't even, don't even, mess right. That. Yeah. Right. don't even bring that <laughs> yes. into my realm. Yes. Um, but would you also say that, so making, so here's, I don't know if this is a subtle difference, but this is what's coming to me. So making a scene and setting boundaries and, you know, kind of this vein of, of thinking, um, when does it become like, I don't know. I have a feeling that there's a, there's like a nice balance of like, um, maybe like asking, like grasping for attention or grasping for mm -hmm. validation or in like, um, not aligned anger or something mm -hmm. like that. Do you have anything to say about that? I don't know if that makes any sense. It's not really a question. It's just, it's yeah, top of So I think what you're asking is like, you know, is making a scene sometimes yeah. like people just being angry or people being attention seeking, yeah, or maybe like um, not aligned or something. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely, I think people can attempt to make a scene in a way that is toxic or, um, you, you know, out of balance. But but what we're really talking about is like, you know, how do you uh, how do you advocate for yourself? Mm -hmm. And that could look like something that a boundary you've just set with yourself, or it could also look like attending a, a rally to lobby for something that you believe in. Mm -hmm. So making a scene is more, you know, how do I advocate for what I want in a way that is helpful, nourishing, all of those things. And so it's never about like being a taker or, um, you know, commanding attention just for the sake of that. Mm -hmm. It's more about like, okay, 
here are the, th here are my values and here are the things that matter to me. Yes. And now how can I raise my voice or dollars or create boundaries so that I show myself that that matters? hundred mm, percent. That makes a lot of sense. I thought that there was something in there too. So I thought that that yeah. was important. Yeah. Um, okay. Pleasure. Let's get back to pleasure okay. because I have a major problem and you can call me out. Everything is open for whatever happens here, but I have this thing with pleasure, especially on Instagram about, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. Um, on Instagram about like almost of that vein of like, you know, self-love meaning that like, I think of self, like what I teach in my stuff is that you know, everyone knows you need more self-love in order for other people to love you, but you can't just go buy self-love off the shelf. Like you can't just go to the grocery store and buy self-love. And I feel a little bit like that vibe with mm. pleasure. Um, maybe, I don't know if it's me being triggered or if it's like overused or I don't know anything in there for you about like debunking what pleasure is and what pleasure isn't. I think you, mm. does that make sense? Totally. Yeah, no, that's a really great question and good distinction to make for your listeners because pleasure and self-care isn't a checklist and it also isn't necessarily a bubble bath and massage or a mani-pedi. Mm -hmm. Like I'm always joking, like, listen, and I actually need a mani-pedi right now, but a mani-pedi is like maintenance. Okay. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> and like, you could be somebody like, right. You could be a woman miserable on a massage table, but you're like, got my self-care in, mm -hmm. or you could be somebody delighted at the department of motor vehicles. Um, right. Like, so <laughs> it, it's not, there's, there's not a prescribed set of things. Like I'm going to have, even though the cover of my book is me in a bubble bath with a glass of champagne, that ain't it. Okay. Um, I love you how know, you call yourself out. <laughs> right. Like, you know, there's yeah. marketing and then there's what's inside the book. Yeah. Um, and, and so when you look at the pleasure principle and you look at the different categories of pleasure, that's why I always want to teach that a lot of the time when I talk about pleasure, women immediately jump to sex and physical touch is only one category of pleasure. Mm. Um, and then you get to decide in the category of like beauty and aesthetics, beauty, meaning like art, um, or, um, intellectual stimulation, like what Ted talks it, do you like to watch Ted talks? Do you like to read romance novels? Like, what is it? Um, and so what category, what counts as pleasure for me are things that feel deeply, wildly nourishing and pleasurable that most of the time are free. That's the other thing is like the consumerism that happens is what I think you're noticing on Instagram where it's like, oh, in order for me to be a woman who's devoted to her own pleasure, then I need to have this designer bag and this glass of champagne and, and uh, you know, looking yeah, at- Yeah, or this power. like, or this like boobs. Women will go buy boobs. Oh, right. Let you, me you know, have like, plastic like, surgery. Yeah, like, <laughs> no, obviously like I'm saying that with love, but like you're beautiful no matter what, you know? <laughs> totally. And like, listen, um, 
I, I am someone who I'm out here in these streets talking about, I am 49 and don't tell me I'm aging gracefully. Okay. I'm aging. <laughs> and I think we're going to forget what a 50 year old woman like really looks like if we go according to what's happening on social media. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just like, if you want to do that, fine. It's a free country, right? A woman can do whatever she wants with her body, but I'm here to say like, you need to evaluate where you got the idea mm. that younger was better. You need to tell me where you got the idea that, you know, a Kardashian booty was more desirable. Mm -hmm. um, and so evaluating all those things, but I, I do think the consumerism and pleasure is um, a, a, a bad thing that like I can get as much pleasure sitting in front of my fireplace with my pets, like cuddling my dog or my cats um, as I could get, you know, go going and buying a handbag. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really thinking about what are, what are the moments that I want to experience throughout my day that are going to help me spiritually, intellectually, um, aesthetically, all those things. And, and usually when a woman is out of balance, we can find areas where she's not experiencing any pleasure at all, whether it's intimacy in relationships mm. or her spiritual practice or movement, what have you. Mm. So I understand what you're saying about the, the glossy filter of Instagram and the pretend um, pleasure that's happening. And I would just encourage anybody to really think about what, what nourishes me that would never make the gram. Hmm. I love that. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. It's mm -hmm. so true. So true. Yeah. It's so funny that you two, you mentioned the nails thing because <laughs> what I realized, yeah, nails. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I realized that actually like going to like to a, a salon and sitting there for three or four hours was actually a very traumatic experience for me. Like I did not like it. I don't like it's too loud. It's like, I don't, like I don't know, not fun. So what I did and this like happened for me too, like as I was doing my healing, as I was doing my introspection, as I was doing my awareness, you know, and as I was working with other practitioners to kind of, you know, clear up that space inside of me. Um, but I realized that I can get the same result, which is like, I want to feel like, you know, I like them. They're beautiful. You know, like, I want to feel as that, you know, aesthetically, I just, I like the way they look, but how do I get to that result, but in a different way? And so that's what I had to figure out for like, just the nails thing. I mean, it's just nails, but I feel like that's very similar to what you're talking about is like, how do I feel this way? Um, you know, all the time or 80% of the time or what have you, I always say 80%. I don't know what you would say. Cause nobody, ain't nobody perfect, but cause I can't, no, I can't. <laughs> absolutely not. Absolutely not. No, I like that. And I, and I agree. Like I like the end result of nails. Um, but I'm with you, like sitting there for a couple hours is painful for me because really um, I'm, I'm thinking of like, I mean, I, I'm, all, I'm like, okay, it's going to look so good when it's done, but ah, like so many other things I could be doing. I still choose it though. I still choose to go because I want my nails to look a certain way. Yeah. But it is interesting though, isn't it? Like when we think about the things that we do and why we do them, mm -hmm. um, 
you know, it's just, it, it is fascinating. Humans are hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Here we're talking about getting our nails done, but <laughs> right. You know, I think it's also too, maybe it's also like in the reframe, right? Like, I love how you said it's maintenance. Like if it's self-love and you really don't love it, then you're really kind of gaslighting yourself or you're really like, you're, you're, you know, like you are, um, diminishing what your intuition is telling you, which is like, shit, I don't want to be here, girl. Like, I don't want to be in this chair. This hurts. Any part of this other than the calf rub (laughs) that I am interested in. Um, no, I mean, I think that that's so smart to call it gaslighting yourself because right. All of y'all listeners think about the things that you're doing in the vein of self-care or pleasure that you're like, I don't even like that. Um, and then figure out what you do like, cause you do, you're wired for it. So it's an impossibility that there aren't things that light you up. And honestly, before I learned any of this stuff, I remember thinking the thought, I think passion and a zest for life just passed me by. Like, I was like, I think I'm just like somehow not wired that way. I really believe that. And, you know, people who meet me and talk to me now can hardly believe that. But I'm like, no, no, no. I promise you, I would be like, I'm just kind of good at lots of things. I'm not really great at anything. I just think having a true passion just really passed me by. And (laughs) I think about that now and I'm like, Wow. Mm. Because we're kind of sold this idea that like you have to be a Michael Jordan or an Oprah or, you know, a Serena Williams for it to count as passionate or talented. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or Beyonce, that whole Beyonce thing about, um, what Beyonce has 24 hours in a day or something like that. Yeah. But she has like, she has a whole team behind her, you know, like she's got an entourage. Yeah. That's right. We we don't have the same kind of 24 hours. Yeah, (laughs) right. Exactly. No, but that's so true. Cause it's, yeah, it's this whole cultural, cultural thing about putting people on pedestals, whether that be in business, whether that be in, um, success or personal development. And yeah, I don't know, that's a, it's a tricky road that we walk, but yeah, I, what I love about what you say is that from what I'm hearing, it's like pleasure to me, isn't the same as pleasure to you, but it's all about really look, looking internally and inside. Um, totally. Like I love watching Ted talks and documentaries and my, literally it's my husband's most hated thing in the world. (laughs) He's like, do not make me watch a documentary. I'm like, how can you not like this? This is so interesting. But right? Like you have to figure out what, what's that for you? Yeah. And do people like from your experience, because you've been in the game so long, do, where does it always have to, and this is something that I've been pondering lately. Does it always have to reach a breaking point? Because that's where it was for me <laughs> um, too. And sounds like for you as well. And, you know, I think one of my big purposes is to help women get to go through the pain that I went through in less time with, you know, like it is a, like the same kind of idea process that I went through, um, to get to, you know, epic love, right. Which is what I talk about. Um, what's your take on that? I feel like you have, you just, there's so much wisdom, I think in front of me. And I don't, I don't know if, if you can offer anything, like you always have to reach a breaking point to get to this like awareness. I do think so, but I think that, that the breaking point looks different for, for people, meaning, like somebody's rock bottom might like my rock bottom 
probably looked really different than your rock bottom. Right. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. you and I out here with podcasts and messaging, you know, we, we can like say what we have to say and talk about the warning signs. Right. And people Mm -hmm. don't necessarily have to get to the lowest of the lows that we got to. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't think everyone's rock bottom is the same. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, I, I, um, I think about my son, Ryan, who's 23 and he is one of those people, his whole life, he has had to learn every single thing the hard way. Mm. Like he's not going to listen to like any warnings or anything like this. He's going to have to like really experience. (laughs) You're like, brace myself. (laughs) Right. The contrast of, oh, that's what my mom was trying to say. Right. And so somebody like Orion, like he's going to have to have real life circumstances before he's going to like pick himself up and listen, he's, he's doing great now, but we've, we've had lots of experiences with him where it's like, oh my God, like what has to happen for you to like wake up here? And I think for me, you know, I was, gosh, how old am I now? So I, I was 33, mm-hmm. right? Still pretty young to like get, get my stuff together. Um, and I just think that it's like everybody's breaking point isn't as serious as others, you mm, know? Yeah. That's but I true. think it's like, when does it become painful enough that you're motivated to figure something out. Yeah. I'm a Ryan. <laughs> listen, I love Ryan. Y'all are Ryan. fun as hell. Like, listen, I'm always saying like, I want to be the woman with the stories, not the regrets. You, y'all, the Ryans of the world, y'all have the stories. I mean. Ryan. It takes like 12 times for me to, to learn something. <laughs> He is something. Yeah. Like, I, I remember when the honey badger um, YouTube thing was out, he was younger. And I was like, that's my son, the honey badger. It's <laughs> so amazing. Oh, that's so good. Um, there was something else there, but I can't, I lost it somehow. Um, do you want to move on to the summer of yes? What's happening with the bucket list? I'm so sure. curious about all this. Yeah. Sure. So the summer of yes, um, I started this program in 2018. So I ran it in, um, 2018 and 19. And then in 2020 during the, the height of the pandemic, I ran it again, but it was sort of like we pandemic, like we can still have a summer of yes (laughs) from our backyards. Um, and I, I tried it like I tried and, um, Although somebody today on social media, when I was making that joke, she was like, that was like the only joyful part of my whole 2020. I'm like, okay, it was still good. Anyway. Yeah. At least one person you got. (laughs) 2021, I took a hiatus. I just didn't have it in me. And then um, earlier this month, I was like, you know what? Like I'm feeling it again. Like we're re-entering, you know, travel. We are out here on the outside. Let's do a summer of yes, bucket list edition. Um, And I chose bucket list edition because I don't know about you, but when I ask people things like, what do you do for fun? Um, Or lately it's been, what's on your bucket list? People are like, what? Mm. Huh? 
Um, and I really love helping people dream about, you know, if you're going to be the person who has the stories and not the regrets, what do you want to experience or create or see or do? And it could be travel. Yes. But more importantly, it could be like, you know, creative endeavors or work stuff or family stuff. And what I've noticed, like we've talked about, where do women get these, you know, ideas that they need to do this and this? Mm -hmm. It started because I noticed that my clients would move heaven and earth to coordinate this summer experience yep. for their yep. children, summer <clears throat> camps and family vacations where they were just taking their invisible workload and doing it in different locations. And I was like, forget that. Like, what do you want this summer? If this was going to be your summer of yes, if you were going to delight yourself, what are all the things that you always think about doing that you never do? Like, is it going to the drive-in? Is it going to Paris? Is it finishing that book you've been writing? Like, what is it? And we're going to check that stuff off your list and get it done. And so mm. I am all in these summer yes vibes again this year. And You're like, it's coming through right now. Woo. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm like, listen, yeah. <laughs> do not go to sleep on your summer and let those kids have all those camp experiences and you're just the taxi. No, ma'am. Um, and so I am like, you know, I am all about it. Like, yes, my backyard during the summer of yes pandemic is filled with roses and now we're leaving <laughs> and we are, we are out here in this world. So that's what summer of yes is about. Um, and I think the day that this airs, there's a free summer of yes class happening, which I can give you the details. To. Yeah. And then amazing. the actual program starts a few weeks after. Yes. All the yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so much good stuff. And I love what you said too, because this is what I think about a lot. It's like, what if we just took that, like the courage, the, the work ethic, the bravery, the caring, the love that, that we give to other people in our lives. And maybe like, just take like one ounce of that and give like, just, I know you would say more, but like, what if it's just the start of like yeah. giving that to ourselves and yes, all of the yes. And being able to dream. I mean, can you imagine, like, I know some of y'all listening are, have already paid the big bucks for these summer camps and figured <laughs> out the carpools. What have you done for yourself? Huh? 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 I mean, mm. I, I was that mom. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you're going to music camp and tennis camp and this and that. And then I would sit around and eat because I had no plans. Mm. Mm -mm. Yes. Right. Bring it back. Oh, so good. And I just want to share this because I haven't put this out. I put this out on social media a couple of weeks ago because I got inspired, but I don't know before, you know, there's maybe there's you and I are tapped into something cosmic or something like that, but I did get a something like that, like a bucket list thing for me about like what I do in my business. And this is a lot, but I'm going to say it to you and I'm going to say it out loud. Can you, can you hold it with me? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, I talk about dating and I talk about love and the download that came to me was that somehow I'm going to reach 1 million people by the end of my career and help either men or women find love. So that is my yes. That's my yes. And I can't believe I just said that to you because you've been in the game so long and I'm just two years in, but I'm claiming it. Done. <laughs> and like, think about that legacy. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Like the legacy of helping a million people find love. Like what a beautiful mission. Mm-hmm. Like makes me want to cry. I know. I love, my- I love coaches. <laughs> yeah, I so great. Um, right? Like that you're so special and I can absolutely feel it for you. So mm-hmm. I'm so grateful that you shared that with me. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that space. And thanks for inspiring me because I don't know, maybe, like I said, maybe I was tapped into something that we were tapped into the same thing. So, yeah. So, Ooh, so good. So summer of yes is, is, um, there's going to be a free class likely when we release this and we'll put the the links to that in the show notes. Where can people find you? What else are you working on? Sure. Um, so people can find me. My website is susanhyatt.co. And then on social media, I'm at Susan Hyatt, H-Y-A-T-T. Um, summer of Yes is at yoursummerofyes.com. And other things I'm working on, I'm working on a documentary and another book on um, the invisible workload of women. And the working title is Make a Scene. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, um, I also run the university for life coach training. So if anyone wants to get trained as a coach, we also do that. But, and then let me tell you this summer, what I'm going to be working on is Matan Mm. on the boat and in Italy. Thank you. Um, so that's, what's up. Yes. And I just want to say like to the listeners, do you notice how, how many things that Susan has in her wheelhouse. Right. And I know she's, you know, she's been doing this for a while, but she's also like, she practiced what she preached. Like she, you talk about pleasure and you talk about like, I call it alignment, but you talk about just like the having joy and a fulfilling life. You can also do that and be an entrepreneur and be a mom and be a teacher and be a coach, all of that stuff. And I personally, um, really, I'm just really grateful for having people like this, um, that really, practice what they preach and really are in integrity with that. So I hope. Thank you. Yes. Thank that you. That means a lot to me. Yeah. The, it's not either or it's and. Yes. To, all of that. To, yes. And both. And yes, <laughs> yes. Both. And all the both. ands. thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Lily. My pleasure. I really hope you enjoyed this conversation with Susan. Um, she is amazing. I've been following her for quite a long time. It was an honor to have her on the show. Um, I loved the chat that we had about Summer of Yes and then also about pleasure. And I feel like um, basically what it came down to was pleasure is what you want it to be. Pleasure is what you, same with joy what you make it out to be, and then um, creating those practices and those environments and those habits around those things that fill you up. So important. That is something that, that I have definitely come to learn and come to, come to understand and then also come to incorporate on a, a consistent basis in my life. And it really, really has changed everything about my life. The love I receive, the love I feel within myself, um, the money, the opportunities that I've been given. So uh, I really hope you enjoyed this conversation with Susan. And um, one other thing for today, if you have been thinking about how to support the show, if you go to the link in the show notes and click on support, um, you will have the ability to support me in this podcast and the guests that I have been uh, inviting on. Um, So the support is uh, a great option if none of the programs that I put out have worked for you, but you really still do receive a lot of value and healing, which is a lot of feedback that I do get. 
uh, within this space and the people that I bring on as well. Uh, when you support the show, uh, it will go to production costs. It will go to maybe even buying me a coffee one day, I'll be real, but also goodwill, uh, energy exchange for uh, the value again that you've been receiving here on the show. So if you go to the link in the show notes and click on support, you will get a few options on how you can support the show and you can choose uh, what feels great for you. And really y'all, I just wanna say, I am so happy that you're here. I'm honored that you're here every Wednesday. And I really, I just feel grateful. I feel grateful spending this time with you, spending this time with amazing guests. And I want to know that you, I want you to know, excuse me, that you are supported, uh, that you are loved, uh, you are seen, you are heard. And again, if you don't feel like you're seen or heard, hit me up in the Epiphany Vault if you have any questions or any feedback about the show, and I'll be happy to uh, answer them live if, if that's what you would like. I love you all. Thank you for being here and I will see you next time.